Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. Ralph, he's been on the show before, and if I can have him back anytime, I'll have him back because he's got a tremendous story to tell. And he's also got something new that we're going to talk about today uh, because of uh, the experiences that he's had in his life with his family. Michael Schnabel is with us. He's the author of Daddy's Girl, which is the story of his daughter and his grandson and all the things that they went through as a family. And I, I like to hold them up as an example of what can be done when a family decides they're not going to say no, they're just going to go do it and they're going to do it together and they're going to really make a, a difference. And, and, uh, daddy's girl is a, is a, a, is a story about your daughter when she was 27 years old. Can you tell our audience briefly? Now you can go back to positive talk radio.net. He's been on the show a couple of times as, as have been, and we'll get into this a little later as of some other significant people in his life. But uh, I, I want you to just tell tell our audience, first of all, about the book, Daddy's Girl, how it's doing and what it, what's it about. The book is doing well. Um, Daddy's Girl uh, really tells my daughter's story. When she was 27, as Kevin mentioned, um, she gave birth to our first grandchild, her only child. And we were just filled with elation. It was so exciting to finally have a grandchild. But unfortunately, she had a difficult pregnancy. And uh, two weeks later, there were additional tests that were done that couldn't have been done during the pregnancy. And she found out that she had a diagnosis of stage four colon cancer with liver involvement. Along with that came a lot of fear, came a lot of uh, uh, uncertainty. Uh, and you know, it felt like the floor had been pulled out from under us. Um, my daughter's fear was certainly of dying. But more than that was uh, the fear of having this child grow up without his mother and that he would never really know her. So as her father, one thing that I felt that I could do is to start recording what we were going through. So that night that we got the diagnosis, um, we didn't realize it that day, but we found out shortly after that, according to the American Cancer Society numbers, she only had an 8% chance of living the next five years. So we were very distraught. We were confused. We were frustrated. We were scared to death and we really didn't know what to do. And slowly we put together a team around my daughter and uh, we started working towards moving from reacting to this terrible, terrible situation we found ourselves in to trying to do something about it. And we formed a team around her and uh, when I say we, we're talking about Stephanie herself, her husband, Mark, her uh, mother, uh, Colleen, and myself, uh, Mike, and then also the new ba newborn baby. And you wouldn't think the baby was much of a team member, but the newborn baby was a perfect team member because he was not affected by all of the misery and the fear and the worry that we were going through. He was just being a baby. And so he really provided an escape for us. And for my daughter, a reason to live because, you know, you can fight for yourself, but I, I really am a true believer that if you really fight for something bigger than yourself, you fight harder. And slowly my daughter went from a victim of this cancer to becoming a warrior. 
and uh, getting very aggressive with every opportunity that she had to fight the cancer through chemotherapy, through surgeries, and uh, over a four-year period of time, four deep, dark, hard years, we didn't know what was going to happen. And it ended up with our Mayo oncologist telling her something he said in the beginning he would no never tell her. And that was that she was cured. So the story is a very happy ending. It's not a gloomy book. It's really a book about parenting. And, you know, you talk about uh, everybody has stories about parenting, anybody that is a parent. And they, you hear a comment that says, you never, once you're a parent, you never stop being a parent, no matter how old the kids were. So when Stephanie had this happening to her, we wanted to protect her and help her. And so we just went ahead and formed this team around her and started moving forward. And the story talks about parenting. It talks about the importance of faith and hope and belief. When our oncologist, uh, the Mayo oncologist told her that she was cured, uh, he knew that I had been recording everything that was going on in a journal format for my grandson in case he never would know his mother himself. I wanted to try and capture her and he asked me, please Mike, go ahead and make this public because it provides hope for other people. And you think about hope, hope is really driven by faith and belief. And um, that's one thing that this story really does. We've been, been getting excellent results uh, as far as um, people's reviews, the professional reviews have been very, very positive. Uh, and even individuals that are reading it, um, that's probably the most fun for me. Uh, to go ahead and hear what people comment about it and, and how it's touching their lives. Because it's not just a book about people that are struggling with cancer. However, a lot of people that are reading the book have cancer and found that they have found hope with the book. And they've also been able to change some of their ways of looking at it and fighting their disease based on some of the things they learned in the book. And so that's been a great source of pride for me as far as being able to reach out because like I said in the beginning, we didn't have a clue what to do. And this is me with 35 years, uh, 34 years in a pharmaceutical company working with physicians and medical professionals every day. My wife is an RN for 35 years working uh, with physicians every day. And yet we didn't quite know what to do. So that was one of the reasons I made the book public. And since then, I went to, get, went to uh, put together a second booklet that's really just to help people that are kind of starting out or that are struggling with any type of a crisis, but certainly a medical crisis. And that's called Living Through a Crisis, a Guidebook for Loved Ones. So those are the two things. And the second book we just have available on uh, Amazon as well as uh, Barnes & Noble as an ebook. It's 40 pages long and it discusses things like um, developing a team around uh, a support team around your loved one. Uh, how to create a plan to go ahead and move forward, how to find the right doctors, uh, how to be a good caregiver, what's the responsibility of a patient, things like that. And it doesn't give you everything that you need, but it sure would have been wonderful for us to have it when we started to kind of give us something to um, move forward with. And so that's what I'm hoping with your listeners. I think that they, uh, we've got this book as a money back guarantee. I think if they buy the book, it's, I think, $15 or $16 right now on Amazon. It's on sale. I think that they will really enjoy the story because it is something about a young woman becoming a warrior and fighting for her child. 
And uh, the people that read it, one of the things one of the things that I hear frequently and I love is the fact that they say, it's like we are there stepping through this with you. And they said, it's not gloomy. It's upbeat. It's, it's, it's invigorating. There's humor in it. There's a lot of stories about our family. So um, I guess I sound like a salesman now, but I really want to share this with, uh, with the public. And um, the people that are reading the book are really, really enjoying it. I have to say, being a father myself, going through the pregnancy and watching my wife go through those enormous changes that happen when somebody's yes. pregnant and looking forward to that happy day. Now, this was her first child. So my my wife on when it was when she went into labor, she was scared because she'd never done such a thing before. Yep. And she knew what it was involved. <laughs> and it's, it is all by itself. That is a frightening thing. Uh, to, just to be going through the uh, birth process and all of that. And, you know, everybody revolves around you and all, all that stuff. And then to have, you know, your, your whole family is all four of you are just ecstatic because you're about to have um, the first child. Is, is this your first grandchild? Yeah. Only grandchild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so all of that was, played part of it and then to get the devastating news just a couple of weeks out um yeah. would have would have been just i can't i can't imagine and that that's that's why I, I love your story and i love to talk to you about it because w nobody can be in your shoes when that happens you don't know what it feels like to to have that's and, and it's almost as bad as if the baby was very sick yeah um, um, because mom, you know, she was a cornerstone of, of the, of the whole thing. And, uh, it's just, it's just amazing to me. Um, but then as you said, four years later, she was cancer free. Yeah. And, um, if you have the opportunity, go to, um, positivetalkradio.net and, and type in daddy's girl. And one of the episodes that'll come up is when I got the in, I got the opportunity to interview Grandpa, Mom, and Grandson all together. And he's now 17 years old. He's a strapping young fella, and he's a soccer player, and he's he's doing very well. And Mom and him have got a special bond and a special relationship. It it really is great. But when you found out that night um because i know you were with the baby when they were talking with the doctor and then you came down and and when you found out that night and you went home and you were thinking about all the things that you were going to have to do and i know it probably you probably said why me first of all why us what did we do and and secondly what did you what was your first thought and was it what I know that we would like like to believe that it was like we're gonna make it and it's gonna be great. Not, but but I'm sure you did read the statistics and knew that it, the her odds were not very good. Um, what what was your first reaction? Well, it was um, it was very difficult, and you don't have a script. You know, no, you're no one. No one's ready for something like this when this happens to you. 
And the things that went through my mind were things like, how can I stop this? I've always been there for her. I always have protected her. And it scared me to death that I wouldn't be able to do that. And so it's not only are we going to lose her, but this is my job. This is something that I do. I have to protect her. I have to save her. And so there were so many different levels. Your mind is just spinning. And uh, we had to make decisions very quickly. The first night we found out about it, we made a decision to have surgery in less than 14 hours later. And uh, a major surgery, three doctors involved, three surgeons involved. And they took her colon and we started just trying to step forward as much as we could. And it really helped to have the five of us there together. That was the one thing that really protected us more than anything else. And if we wouldn't have had each other, I think we would have had a much, much more difficult time. It, uh, it's something that when you have this happen to you, you can't get ready for it and you just do the best that you can. And I would tell you that it made every one of us better. When you have a cause like this that you truly believe in and that you're committed to, you step up. And fortunately with four of us there and the baby, uh, when one person wasn't able to step up, someone else did. And I, I think that's so important for anybody that's going through. You know, Kevin, in this day and age, I don't know of anybody that's got everything's going wonderful in their life and everything, you know, couldn't be better. Everybody's got challenges on it. And, and how do we go ahead and get up when we lose that job? How do we go ahead and pick ourselves up when we've got an illness? How do we do that? We just, we just have to keep moving forward. You know, sometimes you take one day at a time. Sometimes you take one hour at a time and you just start moving forward and do the best that you can. But it really helped for us to have a team and to help each other through that. Well, you know, and I've often said, because I love my kids, that I would gladly give my life for my kids. Yes. If if it came to that and it was like, it's going to either be you or them, take me. I've, I've had my life and I'm good. Um, and, but when you can't protect somebody that you have protected your whole life, especially a, a little girl, and now you are powerless. Uh, that I admire you for being able to to get past that in a short period of time because you didn't really have time. You had 14 hours before the surgery. Yeah. And you really didn't have time to go into a lot of self um, pity. Yeah. And why is why is this happening to me? And you had to be strong and even stronger than you had been when she was growing up. And it's just remarkable to me. Well, and you're right. Um, and we didn't know what to do. And it, it we were feeling in the beginning, we were all crumbling. We were all crashing. And then I started realizing as much as I was scared and fearful, I looked at my daughter and I thought, this is her life that's on the line, not mine. She's at the epicenter of this mess, this crisis. And that gave me the reason to step out of my own feelings and start looking at what we could do to help her. And uh, again, there I'm trying to save her. And I think I worked harder saving her than I would have saving myself. But you're right. We went through all of that. We went through the take me, 
God and, and, and let her live, you know, take me instead. But that's just not the way things work. You know, we can uh, mean the best and we can do that, but sometimes we can't protect. Sometimes we just got to make do and do the best that we can. And um, our faith and our hope and our belief with each other, our love for each other, if it wouldn't have been for those things, we would have had an incredible, incredibly difficult time. I'm convinced that we all have experiences in our life, both good and bad, and we learn from them. And we also are able to uh, impart that wisdom to other people. And I'm convinced that one of the byproducts of this episode was, I know that you are um, doing a lot of speaking. Mm -hmm. You're going to a lot of places. You're talking about the book everywhere that you can. And because not only is it a great story, not only is it worth the money that people are going to pay for it, but it's also a blueprint for how somebody else can deal with the same things going forward. And that's kind of turned into your passion. Yes, um, it really has. Yeah. It, it, you know, we were so fortunate to save Stephanie and uh, to have her here uh, 17 years later, have her doing well and living a normal life. And we see her, we talk to her three times a day. We see her every week. Uh, and it's, we got the reward. And yet a lot of people are still struggling. Even when we got the news that she was cured, we walked out into the waiting room and made a spectacle of ourselves. And yet we looked around that waiting room and everybody was happy for us. But a lot of those people didn't have the same outcome. A lot of those people didn't uh, have that joy and the happiness that we did. And so it's really something that we want to try and help others with if we can possibly do that. Um, because we had so many people come out of the woodwork, strangers, family, friends that tried to help us. And some of them couldn't. There wasn't anything that they could do. But others did. And they were put in our lives at the right place at the right time. And that's what grew our faith. Our faith was pretty strong, stronger than I ever would have thought. But our faith just grew because every time we got into a, a terrible situation, and we had a lot of them, we ended up with the best possible outcome again and again and again. And it just continued to renew our faith and our hope and our belief. That's one of the reasons why I'm convinced that um, yeah, as horrific as all of this was, one of the reasons that um, whoever it is on the other side chose you to be a spokesperson for what, what you can do if your family gets together and you all fight the thing, whatever it is, together and you keep yourself, keep the family unit uh, moving forward and stuff. And, and um, it gives people hope. Your, Stephanie's story gives people hope. And I know that she lost people that she knew mm -hmm. uh, in the hospital along the way while she was having her battle and they were having theirs that sometimes they lost. Yes. Um, and that, that, I suppose that would kind of give you a sense of responsibility. They lost, we didn't, and this is why, and we need to share that. And that's why, you know, at the end of the book, I talk about the fact that why is it that she lived and others didn't? I don't know. I don't have the answers to that. And I'm not saying that we have the golden ticket here that if you follow it and do everything exactly the way we did, you're going to have the same outcome. But I do know that we learned an awful lot along the way. And a lot of those things helped us 
and we've passed those things on to other people that have said that it's really helped them also. And so what a wonderful thing, you know, it's its, its own reward to help other people and uh, to see the smiles, to see the excitement, to see the possibilities and, and to fill someone else with uh, hope uh, when they're struggling uh, is just such a wonderful thing. Well, I will tell you, Mike, that one of the things is I know that this is not the first time this has happened in human history. Yes. But there aren't very many books written about how this happened. And one of the reasons why you were, I believe that you were chosen is because you did write the book and you've got the pamphlet and you're working to help people get through some of these issues because you're living proof that it can be done. Yes. And, and that's, that, yep. yeah. And, and that the family and this family is as close today. And, and not to say that, because you mentioned the last time, not to say that there weren't moments when we had our yeah. arguments and we had our, our moments of, of despair, but uh, you, made, you made it through. Yeah. We did have very difficult moments. We had times where there was so much of it that we just pent up and we sat on and we just uh, put it in the can and put it away. And, and there were times that you just need to get away and um, yowl and to uh, get, catch your breath. And uh, in, in the book, it documents a meltdown that we had as a team. And someone said something and someone else reacted and pretty soon everybody's yelling at everybody. And it was a, it was a heyday for, it went in close to an hour and it was just, everybody so overwhelmed and carrying around so much baggage that they just had to be heard. And we got that done. And it's just like um, firing iron. It made us stronger. We went through a lot of heat that day, but uh, it made us stronger as a team. We never had a fight again. Since you've been through this, I, I wanted to ask, I don't think I've asked you this before, is that when you go through something like that, it does make you stronger. Um, does it help you live your life in a much better way all the way around? Do you look at everything differently or is it just the one thing? I think that it has affected each of us in a long-term way, but it's very easy to get back to old habits and to go ahead and start living your life like you did and things like that. So the impact with us continues on. One of the reasons it continues on with me is because I do these interviews and I'm, I'm involved in trying to promote the book and trying to help people. And so it's really top of mind for me. But it, it has made us different people. We are different through this experience. We have the bruises, we have the, uh, uh, we have the pain, and yet we've grown through that. And I think uh, maybe that's one of the reasons we're on earth is to go ahead and to uh, grow our souls through uh, challenges and overcoming challenges and helping others and the various things that you can do to go ahead and to grow your soul. And so that's one thing, you know, when we walked out of Mayo that time that we were told that, um, well, actually at the very, very end, when we walked out of the Mayo Clinic for the last time, uh, we went there 17 times with Stephanie, and uh, as a family, we've been there 29 times. And uh, last, uh, I said to her, I said, so if you had the choice to do it all over again or never have it happen to you, what would you do? And she said, do it again, because it's 
made me who I am today. And it's made her really grasp on to life daily and to live life to the fullest. She's very active. She uh, uh, does um, substitute teaching. Uh, she's part of the um, support group for his uh, for Caden's high school soccer team. Uh, she's a treasurer and secretary. So I keep asking for loans. She doesn't give me any. And uh, she is very, very active, a lot of different things. But anyone that she finds out has these issues. She's right there and she wants to help them and she wants to talk with them and to go ahead and suggest physicians and to suggest ways to go ahead and move forward because we do get a lot of uh, comfort in giving back. That is the coolest thing because giving back, especially when, when you have been down the road that you guys have been down can be really impactful for a lot of folks. One of the things that you did was you wrote a little pamphlet. And I'd like to talk about that, if you don't mind, because I think that uh, it can be very helpful to people that are going through a moment of crisis. What, what's the name of the book? Well, the name of the book is um, Living Through a Crisis, a guidebook for loved ones. And uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. It's 99 cents. It's an ebook. It's 40 pages. And I started writing uh, some blogs and just to go ahead and to kind of test some of the subjects. And um, I thought, I think that there's something here that I could go ahead and help other people with. So I went ahead and put together a number of different subjects, like um, uh, how you find the right medical help, how you, uh, what are the responsibilities of the patient? One of the things that we learned with Stephanie is how much easier she made it on us, on the rest of the team because she didn't whine, she didn't complain. She didn't say, no, I'm not gonna do chemo. No, I'm not gonna do these exercises. No, I'm not gonna do that. She was always the leader. She was always the one that says, okay, uh, I'm gonna take the most aggressive therapy. I'm gonna take the toughest chemo. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And when the doctors would come in with bad news and say, we found something, I think we need to do surgery. She's saying, okay, let's do it tomorrow. She was like ready to go. So it's things like, attitude uh, that I talk about and important things. It sounds so silly, but th these are things that are not rocket science. These are things that we've all heard before, but we may not enlist in our lives. So I talk about forming a team, developing a plan, finding the right medical help. As a caregiver, what should you, should you be doing? How do you go ahead and help that person? And um, there's simple things, but I think that it is something that would be very valuable to most people. Now, when I got this done, I was so excited. I went to my publisher and my agent and I said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, uh, on my web page and I'm going to go ahead and give it away to everybody. And she laughed at me. And uh, then she said, you know, Mike, she said, that's very generous of you. But she said, we will reach so many more people by doing it as an ebook." and having it professionally done and make it available through Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And she said, well, only charge 99 cents. And I believe that's the least you can charge for anything like that. And we don't make any money on it at all. But in that way, anybody that wants to go there for 99 cents can get this book and uh, afford it. And it'll be something that I believe will truly, truly help them. And it'll at least give them some perspective. And maybe it isn't you that needs the help. Maybe it's the patient 
Or maybe it's another loved one that's struggling with this that doesn't know what to do and how to deal with it. We've gone ahead and had couples that have come to us that have had a child with cancer and said, dad just can't deal with it. He doesn't know how to deal with it. And uh, can you talk to him? Can you try to give him some perspective? And, you know, and things like that. And we just have to help each other. We have to try and do the best we can. So that's the impetus from uh, me, me creating this thing. And um, from the people that have read it, I know I've gotten a number of readers that have come back to me and said, you know what, I made some changes in my medical care based on that uh, pamphlet that you gave me and uh, that you put out. And I'm doing better now because of it, because I was working with some local rural physicians who were great family friends, but didn't have the expertise. And I didn't realize that I needed to go to a research center to get the expertise. And I've done that. And I learned more in 45 minutes from this research center that I did in three years working with my local physicians. Different people are equipped to help you in different ways. And it's important. The more severe, the more difficult the situation, the more you need the highest level of professionals working with you. You told me the last time that we talked that when you, one of the things, steps that you took was you were looking for such a pamphlet when yeah. this, this came out, yes. when it, when you know, Stephanie was diagnosed and stuff. And you went and, and said, I need some information. Where can I find this information? And nobody had it. No. And I'm talking about two of the uh, top three uh, research centers in the world. I'm talking about uh, probably six or more oncologists that we talked to. I'm talking about the oncology nurses and they were all just kind of stumped. And when we were saying, you know, is there a guide? Is there something that can just kind of point us in the right direction? Are there something, things with success stories that, you know, what did people do to go ahead and get beyond this? And that's exactly what happened when she got cured. Everybody said, how'd you do it? How would you do that? You know, 8% chance of living. How could you, how did you know what to do to what to start? And we didn't, but we started taking baby steps forward. And then slowly we started finding our way and we found dead ends that we had to back out of and we had to go ahead and try something different. And that's what I hope people learn. In the back of the book, I, I think we've got four or five pages that go through some of these things also like are in the pamphlet, just to go ahead and make it available to other people and make sure that they're trying to go ahead and do everything they can to uh, move forward. You know, I'm struck by the fact that Stephanie was such a strong person. Do you think that was an inherent, was she always that way? Or did she step up into a role that she had never, never in her life thought that that would be uh, something that she needed to do? But was she always a tough person? You know, I wouldn't say she was a tough person. She was always a very caring, caring person. And uh, she was the person that um, you could always count on. You know, we've got friends and we've got uh, people that we have a relationship with. And true friends are much different. And uh, Stephanie was always very, very strong in her friendship with other people. But I think that Stephanie grew, as I said, into a warrior. And she's a much stronger personality and much stronger individual now after that she's gone through this. But, you know, your children always surprise you. Uh, you think, oh, my God, what is this kid going to uh, even uh, 
uh, get out of high school? You know, or is this kid going to uh, uh, be able to go and hold down a job? Is this going, you know what I mean? We all have those moments. Oh, my parents had that conversation with me many times. <laughs> and so, and then they start to surprise you, just like you surprise, just like uh, you surprise them. All of a sudden, when they're 21, 22, they start thinking, God, you know, my dad does know some stuff. I, I thought he was just a dummy. And some of this stuff is really true. And so I think there's a lot of learning that goes on, but she grew a lot stronger through this. And like I said, I don't know that she would have had she would have, it was not an easy fight, but I think the fight would have even been tougher if she hadn't had that child. Yeah, well, she would not have had as much of a reason to fight. Yeah. Um, but I suppose, but at the same time, you know, your family was so close that I don't think anybody would, would have let her just quit. Oh, no, no, that would have never happened. But um, yeah, um, we're very... You know, none of us are perfect. We are a very close family and we really enjoy each other's company and we do help each other through life. Which, you know, I got to tell you, looking back on it, you know, there are a lot of people that say, dang, I wish I had a family like that. Yeah. But when you were in the midst of it, I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. It's, you know, our family has put a lot of effort into growing close. We put a lot of effort into communication. When my wife and I got married, that's one thing that I realized right away is communication is the key to a relationship. And I was in sales and I knew about influencing people and the importance of uh, recognizing their feelings and things like that. And it's something that we always went through with our kids also. So my wife and I always had an open relationship as far as if we had issues, if we had problems, we talked them out. And that's what that's what marriage is about. And so when we had these children, it was the same way. And I think that as we grew as a family, as we were able to depend on each other as a family, we began to grow more in trust, more in belief, more in uh, confidence in ourselves, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and oh, by the way, I just want to share that um, communication. I, you're right. Communication is the absolute key, and if you are thinking about marrying somebody who doesn't communicate well and doesn't get beyond the surface stuff, yeah. you need to go see some counseling at the very least before you make that step, so that you can get to a place where the two of you can communicate at a much deeper more meaningful level yeah. because if you don't do that over time you will fade away and, and fall apart and you will end up getting a divorce i i know that. yeah i, I, know I agree that's from personal experience we had uh we have life lessons in the book and that's one of the things that i really enjoy doing is uh putting some things in there for my grandson and i talked about finding you know a partner in life you know, it's important to date other people. It's important to find out what's important to you because you find out, geez, I like this one person. They've got a sense of humor. And I like this other person because I can always trust them and I respect who they are. And so you start learning the things that are important and that aren't important. You know, we're all attracted to the, wow, look at that. And uh, isn't she pretty and all that. But um, that all fades over time. 
you know, you want someone to live with, you want someone to spend your life with, it's important to find someone that you can trust, that has a sense of humor, that has shared goals, that will respect you, that you can respect. And um, there's more to it than just the, wow. That's important. And you know what I've learned as I've gotten older now is that even the wow people have got problems within themselves because they were the wow people. Sure. Yeah. We're all human. As an example, my, my son, uh, my second son is a, um, he's a bodybuilder and he's got, I've never known a guy to have six pack abs the way that he does. And I asked him one time, how, what was it like for you to go and ask a girl on the first date? And he said, Dad, I've never had to do that. I, I said, I said, are you are you kidding me? You've never stood at the at one side of the dance floor and you see this pretty girl at the other side, and you're like, Yes, I will. No, I won't. I can't. I should. I will, but I'm scared. I don't want. And you've never gone over there and then to have her look at you and go, I don't think so. And you, that's never happened to you. How are you going to? survive when it does because um, inevitably it will happen to all of us at one point when somebody says mm, i don't think so and 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 he said well i don't know i guess i'll cross that bridge when he's come to it and he's got cross that bridge now and he's learning all the things that us normal people have had to learn our entire lives so um but it takes him longer and yeah. i've i've known pretty people that they never get it they never get the fact that that their their external looks do not count for who they really are. Yeah, yeah, yep. I agree with you completely. And I think that you know, you talked about having that uh, confidence to go ahead and ask someone to dance or to do this or to do that. It's really a eye opener when you go to your twentieth uh, high school reunion <laughs> and some yeah. girl walks up to you that you thought was just the amazing person in the class and said, you know, I always had a crush on you. Why didn't you ever call me? And uh, things like that. So I read a book a while ago that uh, talked about they were interviewing people that were getting close to their death and they were very successful, very, very successful people, stewards of industry, uh, Carnegie, people like that. Uh, and they said, what would you do different if you lived your life over? And they all said, take more chances. They all said, "Live my expect more for myself try harder, try things that I didn't think that I could do. And so I think there's a lot of lessons there. There, there really is. And I, I remember when I went to my 20 year reunion, they, they gave us a picture of what we looked like in high school. Yeah. And then you put that on your, your lapel so that people could make, I think that's great. Yeah. That, well, I had a, I had a lady because now we're in our mid thirties, late thirties. Sure. She walked to, she walked up and she looked at my, my lapel that I'm wearing, and she says, "Oh, I remember that guy." It's <laughs> like, "Wait, that's me." <laughs> now, okay, I'd lost a little hair, I'd put on a few pounds, and and stuff like that. But you know, that's the way life goes. That's the way life is. So, uh, it is it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I I really enjoy talking to uh, Michael Schnabel and the author of Daddy's Girl and also the pamphlet, 99 Little Cents. And it may be something that I, you know, I would put that in everybody's stocking. Yeah. 
you know, for the for the families because uh, you you don't know you guys went from a happy happy excited moment to facing death inside of a week um and you so you never know yep i agree i agree and congratulations i i and i i love i love the lessons in the book give us a couple of more really cool lessons that that are in daddy's girl that people oh, can take um i have to think here um some of them are very very simple lessons like i said the important uh, the importance of uh, picking the right spouse uh partner in your life uh the importance of saying a uh, forgiving people uh that's one that i go into because uh, I've seen people uh, in other families that have had these ongoing problems where the brothers don't talk or, you know, people aren't, aren't communicating and they have it throughout their lives. And I just think it's just silly. It's important for us to forgive each other because every one of us has asked forgiveness to us from someone else. And it's a great gift to give and it's an important thing to do. And sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we don't always measure up and we have to forgive ourselves. And I read a book recently and he talks about next time. Anytime you start to feel bad or you start thinking you did the wrong thing, don't focus on what you did. Focus on what you could do and focus on the next time. I had a gentleman who was on the Oprah show. Uh, that'd be Oprah Winfrey. And he said something to her that made her invite him back, which was, they were talking about forgiveness and he said, I want everybody to know that I'm, that I'm, that I have the reason to forgive them, to thank them for giving, for giving me the reason to forgive them. Yeah. Because that, that is giving somebody the opportunity to forgive, um, because at the end of the day, they don't. It's not going to bother them. It's just going to bother you. So, uh, if you can learn how to be kind and to be forgiving, um, and to let people and to let people um, do what they're going to do, but you're doing the right thing, I think. Good. So, so what do you think about what do you think about that? What he was saying about forgiving me the opportunity to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's incredibly important. Thank you the same way. You know, we don't say thank you enough. We need to be kind to each other and we need to go ahead and point out when people do something for you and appreciate it and really appreciate it. You know, um, we need to look people in the eye and talk to people. This all, all this electronic equipment that we've got is uh, changing some of those things. And um, so we got to we got to work hard, keep moving at. And we certainly don't say thank you with a genuine thank you in our heart yeah oftentimes that's the case a lot of times we don't have the gratitude that we could have for for genuinely saying something and meaning what you're saying because um, yeah. it's, it's really easy for us to make that you know um it's like how you doing today and and you don't care i had a friend whenever i would say how are you today he would never answer me because i said why don't you ever answer and he said because you don't really care <laughs> I well, said, it's that a lot of times yeah i said yes i do and he said no well you might but most people when they say how are you doing it's just a way of saying hello and so i don't answer him because being polite yeah you don't really care so yeah. he, he i think he was a little negative on that but that's you know that's 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 people 
Mr. Schnabel, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with me today. And I want to step aside and let you, we've got a number of people that are listening to us today, and I would love for you to be able to tell them anything that you would like them to know. Well, the name of the book is Daddy's Girl, and um, it's a, a father, his daughter, and the deadly battle she won. And uh, like I said, it's, it's available um, on Amazon as well as uh, uh, Barnes and & Noble, and, and any bookstore can go ahead and order it. And the other book is Living Through a Crisis, a Guidebook for Loved Ones. And I think that's the one that's, uh, uh, that's really kind of fun because it's inexpensive and it's something that's going to help people. If I could, one thing I'd like to mention is my uh, website, uh, Michael, excuse me, authormichaelschnabel.com. But if I could, I'd like to read, um, I just got on Amazon today before I got on here. And I took a look at one of the readers and, and the comments that they put on about the book. And if I could read that. Please. A story that will lift your heart and spirit. A beautiful love story of this incredible family that survived the most trying of times through strength, faith, and undying love. This team of five is an inspiration to us all, especially to someone dealing with a situation that has the worst odds and never gave up hope. The perfect gift to share with anyone in a difficult situation and how to endure. A must read for anyone who needs to be reminded to never give up and know that there's help around every corner. And so when I've got people, readers that are coming back to me and saying things like that, it's pretty exciting. I can tell you this, uh, and I'll write a review for you. I haven't read the book yet. I've got to go do that, but I'm very busy and stuff. But, but um, I've interviewed since 2003. I've interviewed, um, I did the math, and it's somewhere over 2,000 people. So I've conducted 2,000 interviews over that time, some good, some not so good. And sure. One of my absolute favorites. I will always cherish the opportunity when you allowed me to talk to Stephanie and Kalen and and uh, and they were sitting there together and and it was a remarkable moment in time. And uh, I'll, I will keep that and remember that my entire life. And I thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And yeah, I tried to talk her into coming and joining me for this, and and she couldn't get free of work. And so we uh, we weren't able to duplicate that. But um, uh, Kevin, thank you very much for everything that you've done for us to get the the message out on this uh, information for the book and for the uh, guide. And um, I hope that uh, I hope that we can help some people. Well, that that's a that's a given. That's already happened. I know that that's already happened. Great. Um, and that it's going to be an amazing um, story for somebody. The coolest thing is that, Mike, somebody's going to come back to you and say, you know, I got this little pamphlet. I don't know where I got it from, but your name was on it. And uh, and it saved my family. And we were able to to get it get through the crisis we were in. And uh, did you write that book? Your name's on it. Yeah. And that, that will be a, a monumental moment for you. And and congratulations. And, and the other thing is... <laughs> Many, 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 many years from now, when uh, Kalen is uh, in his fifties, and somebody comes up to him and says, "Was your, was your grandfather Michael?" Said, yeah, and he said, "Well, I've got this book. It's about this woman, and who, and and his daughter, and that book um, meant so much to me. It changed my life." And that's going to happen, and it's going to happen his entire life. You're, you've left a legacy that will um, 
succeed, you know, both of you and me are not going to live, you know, a long time, another 50 years, but uh, the legacy that we're leaving will. And congratulations. Thank you, Kevin. Very kind words. You're always doing such a great job with this show. And uh, I really appreciate the thing that you're trying to do as far as trying to put positivity out there in the world. Anytime that I can put a story like yours out here, and it it means so much. And and uh, people that don't, it just mean it just means so much. And it's it can really can can somebody will come in contact with it, and it's going to change everything about what they're doing, and will help them live their life better. And that's all we can do. If if we're if we're doing that for people, then we're doing enough. So I want to thank you again uh, and give us your website and how to get a hold of you again. Author Michaelschnabel.com. And anything else you'd like to add before we go, young man? No, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And I hope uh, your listeners have a wonderful day. And you need to come back so we can do this again. All right, we can do that. <laughs> you have yourself an awesome day and wait right there and I'll be right back. Okay, thank you. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we got.